Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. The biggest breaking news stories. An outspoken opinion. The Breakfast Briefing with Julia Hartley Brewer on Talk Radio. Morning to you. Thank you very much indeed for your company. Really appreciate you joining me. It is uh, my last show of the year, assuming flights do take off. Negative PCR tests were taken, and uh, I'm sort of filled with sort of the joy of escaping it all. Um, the the pleasure in the knowledge that there are at least 98 Tory MPs with some backbone uh, voting against measures. And indeed, Liberal Democrats and some Labour MPs, the likes of Jeremy Corbyn, very rarely agree with Jeremy Corbyn on many things, but, you know, stopped clocks and all that. Um, absolutely encouraged uh, that we are now starting to see some fight back in Parliament. But of course, those measures for vaccine passports, masks and things all went through. The rebellion specifically was uh, on vaccine passports and the requirement to show for some venues, only limited number of venues right now, but tell me a country where those venues haven't been extended very, very, very quickly. Uh, but the fact that there were uh, 98 Tory MPs who voted against the government, including some MPs who've been you know, elected in by-election you know, only just a few weeks ago, and very, very you know, soon, just an hour or so after the Prime Minister has personally pleaded with those people uh, to as vote with him, tells you that something is afoot. Nevertheless, those measures will come in. And word is preparations in government are moving ahead for um, restrictions being announced sometime post-Christmas and a full lockdown or equivalent uh, as early as the 5th of January. So good news. And bad news. We give the one hand, we take away with the other. But ain't that just COVID, eh? Uh, let's uh, talk to Benedict Spence. He's Conservative commentator and delighted he's joining me all this morning. Good morning to you, Benedict. Good morning, Julia. Um, How are you? I said, well, a little. A, I mean, a little bit. A little bit. I say, in the mix of happy about these these rebels, unhappy about the fact that the measure's gone through, and we are now a papers please society, along with uh, most of Europe and many other countries in the world. The fact that other countries do it isn't an argument for us to do it, in my view. What did you make of that rebellion and the size of it? I mean, the size of it is notable, but I think the thing that slightly uh, tempered my enthusiasm was the fact that I don't think that it would have been that large had uh, recent revelations about goings-on in Number 10 Mm. uh, seriously damaged the Prime Minister's popularity. Ultimately, I think it comes down to that. I don't think that as many MPs um, as voted for the government last night are particularly keen 
on coronavirus restrictions. And I think actually that's been a, probably a common theme throughout. I think that most Conservative MPs probably aren't particularly on board with them, but they don't feel that they can necessarily go against the government or the prime minister because of their own futures in the party and because of, until now, the prime minister's relative popularity. I think that now that that has started to ebb away, you will see people uh, beginning to break rank, break cover. And I think it'll also be the case that if uh, stronger uh, plans are put in place that you'll see even more of them uh, coming out against it. The question is, A, whether or not it's enough, and B, whether or not Boris Johnson's uh, lack of popularity persists. It has gone down in the past and come up again. Not to this degree, it must must be said. He's not been this unpopular before. Mm. But, yeah, I, I am wary of the fickleness of Conservative MPs because up until now they haven't done an awful lot for no, us. No, well, the thing is, I mean, with, with talk that preparations are being made for some sort of lockdown in January... Um, I mean, I, I've been telling everyone for months this is what's going to happen. Um, you know, I'm not trying to be a, a doom monger, but I, I, you know, I'm, I'm looking at how things work. As soon as cases go up, the government keeps talking about hospitalizations. As soon as cases go up, no, they're, they're going to be absolutely uh, uh, saying, no, no, we need to lock down. We've already got leading health authorities, most of the media demanding that this happens as well. Um, but we did learn quite a lot of new information about the South African uh, from the South African authorities about Omicron. Now, they've had it for four weeks. We've had it for less. They know more about it than us. Uh, and it was interesting to see that uh, uh, Science Technology Select Committee hearing yesterday, hearing from the likes of Kate Bingham, the you know the vaccines are, the uh, uh, Angelique Zakertzi, the South African doctor who identified the variant and, and who we've spoken to on the show a couple of times, who basically thinks that this country is completely overreacting. Um, but the latest evidence from South Africa, from a proper study involving thousands of people with the Omicron variant, is that Omicron is... 30% lower risk of hospitalisation than previous waves. Mm. That is a very, very big difference. We've also got um, two doses of the Pfizer vaccine they've tested. I think that's the main one they've used out there, but there's no reason to think that AstraZeneca won't be close in these numbers. But two doses give 70% protection from being hospitalised and 33% protection from being uh, infected. Now, OK, three doses, your booster will give you greater protection, put you back up into the 90s. But mm. we're still talking about everybody who hasn't had a booster still has having a huge amount of protection from being hospitalised. And bearing in mind um, that most people aren't hospitalised with COVID. Most people, if they get COVID, whichever uh, variant, it, they have a, a mild uh, you know, illness, if any symptoms at all. I think is it 30% of symptomless? You're mm. still talking about few people. So they're saying few people are going into hospital. And those who do go into hospital, it previously it had been 20% ending up needing intensive care uh, with Delta. This time around with Omicron, it's only 5%. Now, if you've got millions of people infected at the same time, that's still a lot of people because you're looking at, you know, 5% of the small percentage you go into hospital of the small percentage who, 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 who get it. But you're still, that can still be quite a big number. But this is so much better than the Delta wave and so much better than you know, the, the wave we went through um, uh, last Christmas and, la and last New Year. And yet the chief medical officer, Chris Whitty, says we should prepare for a significant increase in hospitalizations and says it's too early to say how severe the Omicron variant it was, even though the evidence all, all yeah. suggests so far that it is less severe. Yes, I mean, one of the th things that I noticed about the South African numbers is that there have been a slight uptick in the number of hospitalizations. But then, of course, you need to set that against the fact that less than 20, fewer than 25 percent of the population of South Africa have been vaccinated, whereas we're well over 90 percent. I think it's about 92 percent in the UK. And as you say, you know, it, just having those first two 
jabs when a lot of people have now had their boosters uh, offers you significant protection against omicron which as we've already pointed out has you know a real lack of uh, severity yeah. compared to previous waves anyway uh i don't think that you can put this down to overcautiousness. at one point i was prepared to consider it yeah. but actually when you look at the data i think it's it and the fact of course that it was rushed forward that it was brought forward uh, in the midst of political scandal you know call me a cynic but it just <laughs> yeah. strikes me as yeah, it, it can't simply be overcaution at this point because there is nothing really that recommends itself unless of course the nhs has taken such a battering in the last couple of years that its capacity has massively reduced over the course uh, the, of the, the capacity is reduced I, by the way, I, I must just for the sake of uh, of, of of facts and figures um mm. you you said we have something like 92 percent take up of vaccines we don't in this country it's, it's under 70 percent overall but again that includes you know 12 and 15 year olds who are, and yeah. um and, and 20 year olds um in terms of our take of the vaccine of those over 70 you are talking about yeah. over nine you know 90 percent we're Sorry. talking yeah. you know, but let's, i just want to be clear that we're, we're very clear on on what we're talking about again the the people who most need it have large largely been vaccinated in this yeah. country and the people who most need it have largely had their boosters as well when it was rolled out to them. Well, we, we've had, I mean, again, the, the figures that are trotted out at the moment, Sajid Javid, the health secretary, quoted the UK Health Security Agency on Monday in his statement and their estimate of the scale of infections. And they said, they, well, well, we talked about it on the show yesterday. They, they seemed, to, I mean, everyone was very confused. Was it, was it cases? Was it infections? Was it in one day? Was it in total? But the figure of 200,000. And the, the, basically the, the UK Health Security agency back of the envelope type uh, scribblings have worked mm. out they think that based on the number of cases and the percentage of cases of omicron and the likelihood from ons studies that we've seen which shows that there are more people who are infected than actually get tested and, and mm. are known about that they think it, there will be a complete guess but two hundred thousand infections uh, on back on monday given that it's increasing exponentially more than well, i think they, they work on the basis it's more than doubling uh, in, in well, doubling in, in every every two days, we, mm. we, you know, it's going up and up and up. Um, on their numbers, we would have 17 million people being mm. infected, getting their infection on Christmas Day, not not up to Christmas Day and including mm. it, but on the actual day itself, 17 million people would catch COVID. Now, yeah. realistically, <laughs> these 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 exponential graphs perhaps not being very not being uh, very believable even sir david spiegelholder who is um, the top statistician i mean he is is as senior and as reputable as you could possibly have um, and sir david spiegelholder said it was naughty of the government to use this statistic without explaining it he suggested that the figure was not plausible that no. is that is top um statistician um, you know, that's equivalent of him you know, going up to the health secretary and slapping him in the face and telling him he was an yeah. idiot. I mean, yes, in the interest of accuracy, those who actually matter, those who actually count, it's about 92 percent. Those of who would be at risk of COVID. We're, yeah. we're not counting children who aren't at risk yeah. of catching of dying of COVID. And these numbers, well, let's just say hypothetically that these numbers were correct, that it is going to be 17 million on Christmas Day. Well, there aren't 17 million people who fall into the category of actually being at risk anyway. Yeah. So it's all slightly irrelevant. And of course, that's then stepping back and saying, we know that this model is being misapplied and is being misused. And therefore, you have to say it's being, uh, if you like, being sort of uh, rolled out for scaremongering tactics. It yeah. is there to sort of cudgel the population but, and but say, this is it. And this is where we have now a total lack of trust, because I mm. absolutely accept that the Omicron variant is a, you know, a new variable in the situation. And if it were more, you know, more transmissible, it does appear to be um, that alone can cause extra pressure on the NHS, even mm. if it's not more severe. The fact that it is less severe and more transmissible, it is still a problem. 
but it's not the same level of problem. We also have Pfizer saying um, their antiviral drug uh, Paxlovid. We've ordered 250,000 doses. It can be taken at home, so you're not even in hospital. If you get COVID and you're in a high-risk category, you'd be given this drug very cheaply, mm. sitting at home, and it massively decreases your chance of uh, being seriously ill and therefore also of dying. Um we have so many different ways of treating this, not just compared with the first wave, but even with the, uh, the second wave that we, second, third, so, I mean, who knows what wave we're on now. Four, we're going to be doing this in five years' time, talking about the fourth, seventh wave, for goodness sake, Benedict. Mm. But <laughs> it, the, 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 it's the abject refusal to acknowledge any good news by mm. uh, the, the health authorities. And, and, and I'm sure that that is what plays into people's lack of trust in things. Now, I absolutely accept that, um, you know, this is this is serious in a wave coming in in December, um, mm. even if it's less serious, is a concern, particularly for people you know, my parents age in their late 70s and older. Absolutely. Um, but does that mean we should have restrictions on our lives? Does that mean we should have vaccine passports? And for me, I, I would like to hear more of things like the first minister of Scotland, Nicola Sturgeon, saying her advice is that people should limit their social mixing to three houses. I'm not sure people need to have that level of advice. I think people are pretty sensible and can make their own decisions about who is at risk and who is not. Um, but but at least it's advice at the current time, not a law. And I think that is crucial. At this stage in the pandemic, I think you'd be hard pressed to find somebody who doesn't know what COVID is and yeah. what the restrictions are and what precautions you need to take yourself. And that's, I think, is the main thing. We don't need a government to come out of nowhere and saying this thing has caught us on the hop yeah. and you you need to be told what to do. That's not the case anymore. People can make the decisions for themselves. People ought to be made to be uh, able to make the decisions for themselves because people are sensible. And actually, it is, uh, as you say, it is eroding confidence in the state if we continue yeah. to have these impositions put upon us. And that has wider ranging impacts on things beyond just the coronavirus. I mean, what are the reasons why we've had such high take up of the vaccines? Mm. Which is among the reasons why vaccine passports are an outrageous thing too, because A, they're not needed, or B, they're immoral anyway, in my view, but uh, they're not needed. We've had such high take up. was because of trust in the authorities. And the mm. reason which I find fascinating, places like France and Germany and Austria, again, you would have thought the Germans, oh yes, you know, yeah, absolutely. We're believing in science and everything. They'd gone off. Uh, but really, no take up of the vaccine and um and it is really interesting but when you erode that trust that will lead to an erosion of trust in people getting mmr for their kids you know diseases that do actually kill children um and and that is a real concern for me uh, and and i I've, I've got to be honest with you i i i know it won't happen when we do actually have the uh, the full inquiry into what's happened mm. during covid i know it won't happen but i really do think chris Whitty and patrick Lance need to i mean be absolutely hauled over the coals i think I think their behaviour and what they have said and their ramping up of fear as opposed to being measured and straightforward and honest, which is what they were before mm. March 2020. Um, it's not that I disagree with them, which is they offered a reasonable uh, assessment of where we are and what the risks were and, 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 and were very honest with us. I, I think I think they should hang their heads in shame. I think they've behaved in a shocking fashion uh, over recent months. And they've, if someone like me stops trusting the chief medical officer of this country, I think that says something. Um, 6.47 is the time. We'll look at all the front pages. Lots of top guests to talk about, including uh, some of those vaccine rebels on uh, both sides of the house. Uh, and uh, plenty more coming up besides this is Talk Radio. The Breakfast Briefing with Julia Hartley Brewer on Talk Radio. If you liked what you heard, please subscribe and give me a good review. And don't forget to catch me on the Talk Radio Breakfast Show every weekday from 6.30 until 10. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odour control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. 
Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50 luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.